You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Verse 20, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And let's pray. Lord, we do love you. We thank you for your word, and I thank you that, Lord, this book, it never gets old. It's always uh, new. It's fresh. It's powerful. It's a living book, and I thank you that this book has the answers for our life, and I pray you'd help us today as we look at your word I pray for anyone that might be here today that is not saved. I pray today would be the day they'd put their faith and trust in Christ. I pray for those here today who have been saved, but maybe they're having some struggles and having some difficulties. I pray that you'd encourage them and strengthen them. I pray, Lord, that you would please, uh, Lord, help us to set aside the cares and the burdens and the distractions. And I pray that our focus and our attention would be upon your word. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray you'd speak and give us what we need today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse 25. I've preached from this text many times. I've never preached this truth and this thought like I saw it. I guess it was probably the end of March, the first part of April. And these words jumped out at me in verse number 25. I began to think about them, began to pray about them, and I hope they will be a help to you. Would you notice what it says in verse 25 again? He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire, and they have, would you read those next two words with me? No hurt. Would you mark those words in your Bible or mark those if you're taking notes and Would you take those two words with you this week? No hurt. Now, it would have been a miracle if these three men had come out of the fire and if they had been burned and if they had been scarred and if they had been injured, it would have been a miracle if they would have survived it all. 
Would you agree with that? That would have been a miracle. As a matter of fact, the mighty men that went to throw them into the fire, the mighty men didn't even go in, and they were killed because of the heat of the fire. But these three guys were thrown into the midst of the furnace. They fell down in that fire. They were tied up when they went in. They were loose after, after uh, Jesus showed up. They were loose. But they were tied up. They were helpless. It seemed like they would be killed. And the Bible does not say they survived. The Bible says they had no hurt. Would you notice verse number 27? And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together, they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had, would you read those two words with me? No power. The fire had no power. The fire had no control. The fire could do nothing to these men. The fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed. Literally, their clothes, the material of their clothing was not even affected. You couldn't even tell. And then here's a, an amazing statement. Nor the smell of fire had passed on them. These guys got thrown into a fiery furnace. And when they came out, they were not hurt. Their clothes were not changed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. I want to ask you this question as we get into the message today, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. I don't want you to feel like you have to call me uh, later or text me. This is something that I want you to think about. It's between you and the Lord. But have you ever been hurt? Sometimes when we think about that word, I think we automatically think of physical pain. And we've all had some physical injuries. By the way, some people are more accident-prone than others. Um, I tell you what, there, there's some people that seems like, uh, and, and I, I was like this growing up, it seemed like if it was possible to stub your toe or if it was possible to you know, get hurt, especially in sports. I think most of my injuries came from sports. Anybody else have any sports injuries that you uh, still remember? I got some of those. Seemed like there was always something, right? But think about some pain that you've experienced in your life. Maybe for you, it was a, a broken bone. Maybe it was a twisted ankle. Uh, maybe it was a cracked rib. Oh, those hurt. How about this? Have you ever had a toothache? Have you had a, ever had a tooth that hurt and you thought you'd about rather die than to continue with that pain? And you think about some pain you've experienced and, and you say, I have been hurt physically and I think all of us at some point or another have had some physical hurt. But what about this? What about the emotional hurt? What about the pain that has been caused maybe for you as a parent? You've been hurt. Maybe for some of you as a child, you would say, I was hurt by my parents emotionally. Maybe you have been hurt by a friend, someone you thought was a friend. Maybe you've been hurt by a coworker. Maybe you've been hurt by a neighbor. I hope this is not the case, but undoubtedly there's some in this room that have been hurt by a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a Christian leader. Maybe you have been lied to. I think we've all been lied to at some point. 
Maybe you're here today and you say, I've been lied about. Somebody didn't just lie to me, they lied about me. Can I tell you, that hurts. That's, that's pain. That is injury. That is something that is difficult to go through. Maybe you're here and you've been betrayed. And you know, the closer that person is, maybe it was a spouse or maybe it was a dear friend or maybe it was a business partner. Maybe it was a childhood friend and you, you were together all growing up and that person turned on you and they betrayed you. Maybe you're here today and you've been abused. Maybe you're here today and you have gone through a divorce. Can I tell you, a divorce is hard on both the husband and the wife. Divorce is hard on the children. Divorce is hard on extended family. That's painful. That's difficult. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, you're talking about no hurt, but I've got some hurt. I've got a lot of hurt. I've got hurt that I've dealt with. I've got hurt that I'm dealing with right now. Maybe for you, your hurt, not just the physical effects, but maybe the emotional effects of losing a loved one. I think about Brother George Colum, who this morning came up to me before the drive-in. I could tell he had something serious that he wanted to tell me. And when he told me that his mother had passed away at two o'clock in the morning, I couldn't believe he was at church. Couldn't believe he was singing in the choir this morning. Can I tell you, that hurts to lose a loved one. His mother was 93 years old. Doesn't matter how old a parent is, but to lose a parent, to lose a loved one, that's difficult. That is hurt that is involved. Maybe you've lost a loved one to cancer. Maybe you've lost a loved one to COVID. Maybe you've lost a loved one to an automobile accident, or maybe you've lost a loved one to something else that uh, you, you, we're not, we don't even have the time to give all the reasons why, but you've lost a loved one. That's hurt. That's harmful. That's in, in, injurious. That's difficult. Maybe your hurt today is because of finances. Maybe you've gone through bankruptcy Maybe you've got right now, you've got so much debt that you don't know what to do and you've got bills that you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to pay for those bills. Maybe your hurt today is caring for a loved one and having to watch that loved one suffer. And while you're watching that loved one suffer, you yourself, you are giving of yourself around the clock to care for that person. I don't know what your hurt is. I don't know what you're going through today. But I want to say this, we all have hurt. And my challenge to you today is I want you to see how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they could go through the fire and how they could go through something that was painful and something that was awful and something that was difficult, but they could go through that with no hurt. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us. Help us not to miss these truths. As we look at your precious word, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Number one, as we look at this passage, I want you to see there was heat. The Bible tells us that there was real fire. There were real flames in this furnace. As if the furnace were not bad enough, the Bible tells us that the king commanded, verse number 19, and he was so upset, he said, I want you to turn the heat up on the furnace. He said, I want you to heat it seven times hotter than it's supposed to go. Can I tell you, 
I would, be, I would be concerned about any kind of fiery furnace, right? I mean, let's just face it. If there's fire and there's flames in there, nobody's excited about going in. But what happens when the heat gets turned up? I'm looking to folks here today, and I'm speaking to folks online and folks on the radio, that you've been in a fire, and you've been in a flame, and you've been in a trial, and you think this trial can't get any hotter, and then it does. And you think things can't get any worse. And then they do. And you think nothing else can happen because all the bad stuff that possibly could go wrong has already gone wrong. And then you get another call. Or then you get another visit. Or then you get more news. Number one, I see the heat. I believe the heat and the fire and the flames, I believe this represents the pressures and the problems that we all face in life. Can I tell you, there's pressure at the job. And if you've got a job without any pressure, I'd love to talk to you after church, and I'd love to hear your secrets. Say, well, pastor, we thought you had the job with no pressure. Let me tell you, it's a lot of pressure. Monday, I have to be out there for my tea time on the golf course. And Tuesday, I've got to be out there on the boat fishing. And then on Thursday, I got to be out in the deer stand hunting. And then Friday, uh, Friday, I got to recoup from all the golfing and the fishing and the hunting. And then uh, Saturday, let me tell you, Saturday, I got to catch cartoons uh, first thing in the morning uh, while I'm eating Cocoa Puffs. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, you know, I got to get ready for some. Let me tell you, there's a lot of pressure. But can I tell you, if we're honest... We all have pressure, and it seems like that work doesn't lower the pressure. They raise the pressure, don't they? They say, hey, we're losing so-and-so in your department, and they say, and we're not replacing so-and-so. You get to do their job, too, and you think, hallelujah, pay raise, more benefits, more vacation, and they say, none of the above. You just get to do the same amount of work that you're doing plus the work they're doing and your pay staying the same. That's pressure. Maybe for you, the pressure is your home. Maybe for you, the pressure is your children. Maybe for you, your pressure is you've got children uh, that are, are, are still small and they don't sleep. And you've got children that are small and they scream 24-7. Maybe you got through that pressure and now your children are teenagers and now you're trying to keep up with them and they're going 100 miles an hour every week, not driving 100 miles an hour, but they're, they're going, it seems like 100 miles an hour and they're going here and they're doing this and, and, and there's the pressure of that. Maybe you're dealing with pressure that your children are going to college or your children are getting married and your children are moving away. Maybe your pressure now is grandchildren and keeping up with the grandchildren, but we all have pressure. The Bible tells us that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they faced the heat, they faced the fire and the flames. Number two, I want you to see the hate. Not only the heat, but secondly, I see the hate. Would you notice what it says in Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 13? Then Nebuchadnezzar in his, what's the word? Rage. That word rage is a violent anger. 
He is so mad. His rage and his fury, he commanded that they bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at verse number 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed. You could see it all over his face. If looks could kill, Nebuchadnezzar would have killed him with his looks. He was so mad. Can I tell you, this king in Daniel chapter 1, he had respected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. Remember what happened in Daniel 1? The, 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 the men said, we're not going to eat the meat, we're not going to drink the wine. And they uh, came and they appeared before the king and they were 10 times better than all the rest. And the king said, hey, there's something special about these guys. These guys believe in God and these guys follow God. And the king said, hey, that's fine. We're going to let these guys do their thing because these guys are the real deal. That was chapter one. Chapter three, he hates their guts. Chapter three, he's so mad, he wants to kill them. This king is so hateful that he commands the furnace to be turned up hotter than it already was. This king is so mad, verse 22, that his command is urgent. He said, hey guys, we are going to throw these guys in the furnace and we're going to do it now. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to, I don't want you to pause. I don't want you to take your time. I want them in that furnace ASAP. And then would you notice with me, verses 24 and 25. This is an amazing thought. I want you to think about this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, verse number 24. And he rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they said, true, O king. And he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire. Here's what's amazing to me. The king was so mad. He hated these guys so much. It was not enough just to throw them in the fiery furnace. You know what he did? He stood and watched it. You know what he was expecting to see? He was expecting to see them tortured. He was expecting to see them screaming in anguish and pain. And I think the king wanted to see that. I think because of his pride, because they would not bow down and they wouldn't worship his image, this king was so angry, he hated them so much that he stood by the furnace and he was watching to see them destroyed. Have you ever had someone hate you that much? Can I tell you, that's pretty bad. And yet sometimes we experience hate. The Bible says, don't be surprised if the world hates you. You want to know why? They hated Jesus. They hated Jesus so much they crucified him. They hated the Son of God so much that they cheered as Jesus was beaten and as he was scourged and as he was crucified. They gathered to watch it all happen. I want to tell you the answer when people hate you. The answer when people hate me. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that you go out and you try to stir stuff up. 
I'm not suggesting you go out and say, yeah, I'm going to be like Jesus. I want everybody to hate me. Oh, no. They're going to hate you just because of what you believe and just because of how you live and just because of the stands you take on the truth of the word of God. They're going to hate you fine just for that stuff. You don't have to go and provoke it. But what happens when people do hate you? you say, well, I'm going to hate them back. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to make their life so miserable. No, 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 no. You know what the Bible says you're supposed to do to your enemy? Do good unto them. You're supposed to love them. You say, but so-and-so treated me like this. And you're exactly right. You know what they did to Jesus? They crucified him. You know what Jesus said? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. These men experienced not only the heat of the fire, they experienced Experience number two, the, the, the hate and the fury of the king. But number three, I want you to see their heart. Why were they in the furnace? Why were they in this position to begin with? The Bible tells us it's because they had faith in God. They believed God enough to serve him. They believed God enough to surrender to him. And they believed God enough to take a stand for him. This was not a publicity stunt. This was not a trick. This was a real, genuine faith that these men had in God. Notice with me Daniel chapter 3. And notice verse number 17. They said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Can I tell you, it's easy to have faith when we're sitting at church. It's easy to have faith when everything's going good. It's easy to have faith when you're up on the mountaintop. But what happens when you're in the valley? What happens when you're walking through the fire? What happens when you're going through the difficulties? I see number three, their heart, their faith in God. But quickly, number four, I want you to see their help. I want you to see what saved them from the hurt. How, how is it that they could have no hurt? Verse number 25, the Bible says, because they were not walking alone. There was somebody that was walking with them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, we threw three guys in there, but I see four. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Can I tell you, that's the secret right there. That's how you go through life and you get beat up and you get uh, uh, stomped on and you're hated and you're mocked and you're ridiculed and you go through trials and you come out on the other side and you say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. It's not because of you. It's not because of me. It's not because of our intelligence. It's not because of our willpower. It is because somebody shows up to help, and that is Jesus Christ. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's one who will never leave us nor forsake us. David said, my help cometh from the Lord. I want to tell you, their help came from God. Sometimes we're looking everywhere else for help. We're calling the bank. And we're calling the lawyer and we're calling the doctor and I'm not against the bank and I'm not against the lawyer. I'm not against the doctor and we're calling this friend and we're calling this person and we're getting advice from everybody else and we're enlisting everybody's help except the one who can really help. My help cometh from the Lord. 
their help. God showed up. God rescued them. God saved them. And then number five, I see there was no hurt. The Bible says that the fire had no power over them. Neither was the hair of their head singed, neither their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. There were no scars. There were no burns. There was no pain. Only God can do that. These men were in the fire, and the Bible says that when the king saw them, they were loose. They were walking in the midst of the fire. Now, now, now you got to do a visual here, okay? The king is so upset. He is doing this to kill them, and then they're in the fire, and he sees them in the fire. He sees them through the flames, and they're not even tied up anymore. They're walking around. They're walking around doing a self-guided tour. I wonder if they're saying, you know, I wish they would have done a little bit better job on this furnace here. I can see they missed a spot there. And you know, it's like this furnace, it's a little crowded. You know, they should have made it a little bit bigger. You know, it's hard to get, it's hard to get four people in here. You know, it's kind of tight. And they're walking around the furnace free and there's no hurt. And God got all the glory. Verse number 28 then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Nebuchadnezzar goes on to say, Therefore, I make a decree that every people and nation and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. And their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. That's not the preacher saying it. That's not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying it. That's Nebuchadnezzar, the one who says, there is no other God like their God. I wonder who has seen our life and seen what we've been through and seen how we respond and said, there's something different about them. I think it's the God they worship. There's something different about that person. They went through a, a trial, and you can't even tell that they went through it. They're still praising God. They're still glorifying God. You're here today, and you say, Pastor, I have been hurt, and I've got some scars, and I've got some marks, and I've got some things in my past that I have to say I have been hurt and it wasn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For your hurt today, I want to tell you the answer and that is the healing of God. You see, God can keep you from being hurt, but God can also take your hurt and give you healing. Do you remember the story of Job? Job did not have a testimony like these guys. When he went through his trial, there was nobody saying, oh man, he wasn't even hurt. No, as a matter of fact, he had, he had uh, sharp instruments and he was having to shave off the boils that were covering his body. There's nobody that went to that funeral with Job and his wife as those 10 caskets were there in that uh, place and there was nobody that says, you know, Job, he's not even hurt. Job's wife turned on Job, said, curse God and die. 
Job experienced some hurt. But when you get to Job 42, the Bible says that God blessed Job more in the end than he did in the beginning. And Job said this, that although God has tried me, he said, I know that I'm going to come forth as gold. Job experienced hurt, but Job also experienced the healing of God. I would ask for you to turn in your Bibles, please, to Isaiah 43, and I'll close with this verse. I feel like, and if you were here on Wednesday, I, I think I, I would assume you feel the same way. You may not agree with me, but I feel like on Wednesday night, I feel like we saw some evidence of healing. On Wednesday night, my brother Jared stood up to preach, and if you were here, you heard the message. But he started the message with what I believe for Jared was the greatest hurt that he's experienced in his life, losing his dad while he was still at home, still in high school, no warning. And yet he stood up and he preached. And as he preached, I didn't see a young man who was bitter. I didn't see a young man who was mad at God and angry at the world. But I saw a young man who in my estimation, has experienced the healing that only God can bring. I would not say about Jared that there was no hurt because I think we all know that there was hurt and there's hurt in your life and there's hurt in my life from the things we go through. But the goal is whether that's evident or not, the goal is that God is glorified and that we allow God to bring healing like only He can do. And that only happens, Daniel chapter 3, that only happens when you go through the fire and you're walking with God. You can't do it by yourself. I can't do it by myself. It only comes from walking with the Lord. You know, I've wondered about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I wonder how they could be so confident about a fiery furnace. How could they say, King, we're not worried about what you're going to do to us. We're going to serve God. But even if you want to throw us in that furnace, we're still not bowing down. Isaiah 43 was written about 130 years before the events of Daniel chapter 3 took place. And Isaiah prophesied from the Lord in verse 1, it says, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. God says this to his people in verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire. Now, I imagine when Isaiah penned those words, I imagine he was thinking, God, who in the world is going to walk through fire? You might get in a fire, but you're trying to get out of that fire. You're not walking around in the fire. You're not walking through it. You're, you're staying away from it. But I wonder if Isaiah said, but okay, you know, Lord, that's what you said. I'm going to write it down just like you said. When thou passest through the fire, verse number two, 
Thou shalt not be burned. I wonder if Isaiah thought, now, Lord, wait just a second. Are you saying that they're going to get burned, but then you're going to heal them after they get, is that what you're, oh, okay, okay, Lord, if that's what you say. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. I don't know how that's possible, but okay. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord, thy God, the Holy One, thy Savior. I wonder if when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I wonder when they were going towards that fiery furnace, I wonder if they were quoting Isaiah 43 too. I wonder if they were saying, hey guys, God said it. God said when you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. I wonder if they just said, hey, let's put God to the test. Let's see if God will do what he said he would do. I'm not telling you today to be foolish. I'm not telling you to go jump off a bridge or do anything crazy. But here's what I am saying. Why not put God to the test? Why not trust him? And if God said it, why not just believe it? Why not just live it and watch God work? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.